que eu estou vencido. Enfraquecido pelo tempo. Serei sua. Da minha própria carne. Vivos, nem os mortos, nem a própria loucura me impedirão, ah, meu filho! This bit right here, where we say welcome once again to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. Here we are, a bunch of guys talking about horror movies and... Uh, Chewing the scenery. Yeah. So, uh, we're not professional critics. We're art people who make art stuff, and uh, we're not going to uh, hold back. We're going to spoil this thing. So... He dies be, at the end. <laughs> be prepared. He gets laid after he dies. Yep. So, if you haven't... Uh, gotten out of this episode yet? I just ruined it for you. Oh, that hardly ruins the movie, I'm sure. <laughs> it's Coffin Joe. Nothing yeah. can ruin it, except, you know, your DVD player overheats. Or good taste. Or, well, hey, you know, taste is subjective. Yeah. Thank you to the Moon Rays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Uh, you can find them on Amazon or iTunes, where you can buy the music digitally. Or you can say hi to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. Having said that, um, we're back. What have you watched, Will? Uh, lots of things. Well, tell us about them. All right. Uh, let's see. What did I watch? I should have written it all down. Highlander. You rewatched Highlander? I rewatched Highlander. Here, give me a piece of paper. I'll write them down while <laughs> Jolien goes. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Uh, the Final Terror is already on the list. Okay. Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Yep. Yeah. Trial, yeah. Now, that's from, God, what year? I, I looked it up. I actually looked it up on IMDb because I went, oh, God, did Will make that up? Nope. It's a real movie. It's a real movie. It's a real bad movie, too. <laughs> so, Jolien, what have you watched since we did this last? Uh, well, you'll be overjoyed to hear I found the other half of my list for when I was laid up with the plague. Oh, yeah. Well, tell us about more of your list. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, Headshot 2016. Uh, this is a Japanese-Indonesian production. With, uh, uh, oh, I watched that. Directed by Kino Stambul and Timo Chahanto. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry. Uh, but it's anyway, it stars uh, Iko Uwais from the Raid movies. And uh, he's, he's a man who's washed up on a beach and he's got no memory. Yep. Yeah, you see, you've seen this. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
And, I really uh, wanted to go see it in the theater. And, and uh, he's, he's taken to the hospital, and while he's being nursed back to health, he sees this, uh, the, the nurse, the doctor is reading Moby Dick. Uh-huh. So he tells her to call him Ishmael. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit action movie mechanical. You know, he's, he's like a hero who's lost his memory, and and the, the girl is kidnapped. He's got to go rescue her. and but uh, it's uh, on the, the the action in his movies is always so good. And yeah, the action he, was him incredible. coordinating it, and it's ridiculously brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and he just keeps fighting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Julia Stell's in it. Um, she was the uh, she was the Hammer Girl in Raid Two. Oh, okay. And uh, but she was in this like uh, this. Uh, Indonesian horror trilogy, the uh, Kuntilanak trilogy, hmm. which is a, uh, I think it's known as the Chanting in the West. Wow. But a uh, Kuntilanak is a kind of witch, uh, vampire thing. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's a good, good cast. Uh, I saw uh, Summer Stock from 1950, which is a Gene Kelly movie I hadn't seen before. Uh, this has got really iconic stuff. Uh, Judy Garland. They did a scene after they'd film finished filming where she'd been off to a hypnotist and lost twenty pounds, and then did this scene. And it's the one where she's wearing like a man's suit and hat, and then mm-hmm. she's wearing stockings and heels, and does this kind of gangster dance. Yeah. Number. <laughs> it's just one of the classic m- movie clips. Um, really hackneyed plot. Uh, maybe yeah, it's got one good song, um, but uh, yeah, it's got a couple of uh, classic dance scenes. Um, the Woods from two thousand five, Lucky McKee movie, uh, which will remind you of Suspiria and Evil Dead. Mm. Uh, it's even got Bruce Campbell in it. Uh, Agnes Bruckner, Patricia Clarkson plays the headmistress. Kind of feel like I should know this one. Yeah, this is where she's um, the this girl goes to uh, a, a like a posh girl's school out in the woods mm-hmm. and um, yeah and, and evil is a foot yeah you can probably guess where it's going if you've ever seen a movie <laughs> yeah a movie or or a mysterious girl's school you know <laughs> um, you know where it's going to go uh, it doesn't really come together or it didn't come together for me but uh, excellent cast and production uh, Scissors from 1991, which is uh, uh, Frank de Filetta, who wrote The Entity and Audrey Rose. Uh, this one stars Sharon Stone, Ronnie Cox, Steve Railsback, who, hmm. was, who played um, Charles Manson oh, and, okay. and Hilda Skelter. Um, and Ronnie Cox was... Um, let's see, Ronnie Cox was the one who was in Deliverance. Robocop. Brian Cox is the one who originally played Hannibal Hannibal Lecter. So yeah, if you if you like uh, if you like people from Deliverance, hmm. so this is uh, Sharon Stone plays this woman who she repairs dolls, huh? And she's trapped in this apartment uh, where she can be observed and uh, kind of a kind of a strange movie. Um, Sounds a little weird. Yeah. Does she have a lot of cats? No. Okay. So there is a there is a bird in it, like a, a parrot in it. 
Alberta. No, no cats that I recall. Okay. Uh, West of Zanzibar, I've seen that before. It's a 1928 Todd Browning Lon Chaney movie. Okay. Have you seen this one? No. It's so brutal. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's, he's this, uh, Lon Chaney plays um, Froso, the magician. And uh, he's he's very jealous of his his beautiful wife and uh, has a fight with the, the guy who's her lover, who's played by um, Lionel Barrymore when he could still walk. And uh, anyway, uh, Lon Chaney takes this really nasty fall and his legs are broken and and uh, he, he you know, so he's extremely bitter and um, yeah, he's playing all these scenes where he's got his completely floppy legs. It's, it's like an amazing piece of physical acting. But anyway, uh, he, he uh, tracks Lionel Barrymore to Zanzibar um, where... Barrymore is running like an ivory um, business, and uh, nothing so, wrong there. Yeah, the the rough trade, as they call so it. So he he spends years. <laughs> that's no. what that means. Years no, like uh, <laughs> destroying this this business. Like he gets this henchman to dress up as this uh, monster, which is kind of like um, he's got this like big pile of multiple skulls and tusks and things coming out of his head. Ah. He wades through the swamp at night and scares the people. Um, nice. Yeah, it's got masks uh, uh, in this movie uh, made by uh, William Mortensen, mm. who's that artist who does those makeups and manipulated photographs. You've probably seen them. Okay. Um, and this this movie is just so rough, it, it, it led to the Hays Code coming in. Oh. Uh, the objections to it were so, you know, wild and. Um, you said nineteen twenty eight. Yeah. So it was barely just talkies, or was it a silent? It's a silent. Okay. It was remade a few years later as Congo, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, this one's. Pretty, yeah. Tail under the silent. Pretty harsh. Era. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he only made one sound movie. It's like a remake of Unholy Three. Oh. And then he died. Yeah. Um, uh, a bigger splash, uh, 2015. Uh, this is directed by Luca Guadagnino, um, who's gonna who's been working on the Suspiria remake, uh. which also stars Tilda Swinton. Um, and a bigger splash itself is a remake of Splash, a friend, <laughs> even bigger mermaid, uh, La Pesquine, a French movie from '69. And uh, so Bigger Splash stars Tilda Swinton, Rafe Fiennes, Dakota Johnson, and they're having like uh, rich white problems. They're, they're living With on this. Mermaids. Yeah, beautiful island off of um, near Malta, I think. And, um, you know, various jealousies and uh, desires going on. Um, he's got an interesting way of dividing up space time and. And when they get to the karaoke scene, it's like it's intense reds and blues on it. You know, oh mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you've seen Argento. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I just found the characters so tiresome. We said that when we were watching Night of the Wild. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they've clearly been watching Argento. Remember that yeah. color design on that one? Mm-hmm. It's like you shouldn't have. <laughs> you really should not have. <laughs> Uh, all right, um, Harbinger Down. Uh, I wanted to see that for completest sake, being a big fan of the thing, 
mm-hmm. in all its forms. How was it? Uh, have you seen that one? No, mm-hmm. no. So you've heard of this movie? No, no. Uh, so this is from 2015. Um, so this was put together by Alec Gillis at Studio ADI. Um, so there's there's this physical special effects uh, unit who had done several big movies and seen their work be replaced by digital. Oh. So they did the the Goblin from the first the, the first Raimi Spider Man movie. Oh, okay, yeah. And they did the uh, the Thing prequel physical effects that just got written over by digital stuff. Yeah. Um. So they decided to show what they could do and make their own physical effects, strictly physical effects movie. Yeah. Get it funded by Kickstarter, so they'd be independent. Um. And they got Lance Henriksen in there. Um. Unfortunately, it's not a good movie. <laughs> so does it suffer from bad writing, or is it not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How How about the execution of it? Otherwise, it's not very well shot. Okay. So it's not even kind to its own special effects sometimes. Mm. So the practical effects don't have much to lean against. Yeah, and there's some really impressive, and there's lots of freaky creature stuff going on in it. Okay. But it's not kind to the, the miniatures and some of the some of the appendages that the lighting and lingering on it a bit too much. Mm. Um, yes. So they didn't really do themselves a favor with this movie. But, you know, watch it if you if you want to see all the derivations of thing. You know, it's Fair basically, basically the same idea. A bunch of people in an enclosed space out in the cold with a metamorphic creature. Right. Um, you know, so it's got enjoyable bits in it. Uh, and we saw all of the first season of Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I hated it. Really? Yeah, I hated it. Why did you hate it? Because it was nothing but regurgitated 80s. <laughs> it was like watching things I've already seen before. Just you, not you were saying, as well. You were saying that it was the uh, the 80s greatest hits or it a was, love letter to the 80s or something like that. Yeah, it was the 80s greatest hits. No, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I... Uh, I couldn't make it through it. Mm. Yeah, I, I saw the preview for the next season, and it looks really good. Oh, yeah, that trailer is awesome. Yeah. Vincent Price. Yeah. So they, they <laughs> it's got more little... garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought it was like, and it's obviously a homage, but I thought they got why people like those films in the first place. Well, I just and... felt like it was a clip show. Yeah. It was like a best of. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've seen all these Carpenter movies. Right. I'm just going to rewatch a Carpenter movie if I want to see a Carpenter movie. Yeah. I'd no, you'll you'll get halfway to your Carpenter movie and you'll just watch another Cronenberg. Yeah, true. I I, I love the kids in it though. I I want a cabbage, cabbage Patch doll of Dustin. Ah, oh. <laughs> he's awesome. He does look and like a Cabbage Patch doll. Kids did nothing for me. Uh, Winona Ryder's character was extremely annoying. I just the whole thing was just awful. What if, what if they did a sequel to the Babadook and had her be the mom? No. I don't want Pair a her up with to that the kid. Are you sure? No. <laughs> So we won't be doing Babadook for next time. No. no. <laughs> Didn't we already review that one? I think we talked about it briefly. We talked about it enough. Yeah. yeah. It was better as a short. Yeah. So I'd not seen the short, but it couldn't be any worse. That screaming kid. Oh my. Mm. Right. Shall I carry on? Keep sure. going. Keep All going. right. Plow on. Uh, I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. I saw that Don't one. You know. Did you see that one? Yeah. What did you think of that one? I kind of liked it. I thought it was a little different than... Mm-hmm than the usual ghost story. I think I watched that one last Halloween. Okay. For the 31 days of Halloween. 
So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Did you know the uh, who the director was at the time? Um, Osgood Perkins. I've forgotten now. He's yeah. the son of Anthony oh, okay. Perkins. Yeah. Have you seen that? Um, I have not yet. It's on, but now that I know Oz Perkins directed it, I'll watch it. Do you have Netflix now? No, Jolien does, Jolien yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he uh, brought he, me into his, his gang. Yeah. Oh. You're allowed to have five profiles on your account. Very and, nice. And I realized I was only using four. And I went, you know what? Um, Jolien should be on here. Mm. Yeah, Harbinger oh. Down is on there as well. It was weird because I thought because they allow you five profiles, all five could watch at once. And it limits it to only two screens, which is weird. Um, well, now it's four because uh, for $2 more a month, you can add two more screens. And it's like, oh, now that I know that, because I, I never knew anybody might not be able to use or, or whatever. And then, uh, you know, I found that was a thing. And I said, okay, well, we upgraded. And it's like, <laughs> it's so easy. It was like the easiest thing. So anyone who has Netflix and isn't using all five profiles... You can use them, but at first you're only allowed to until you bump it up two whole bucks. What am I going to do with two bucks? You know, tip coffee? tip somebody. Yeah, try and drink coffee with that. You don't even get very far with coffee with that two bucks anymore. No. Okay, what else? Uh, yeah, so that's got um, Ruth Wilson and Paul Apprentice in it. Yeah. Who I remember her from Where the Boys Are and uh, Stepford Wives. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Very slow, yeah. Very restrained, and kind of minimal look to it as well. It's you know it's obviously shot in digital, and there's a lot of use of blank spaces and areas of black. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, it's got some good creepy bits in it. And yeah. if your TV is all tuned up properly, uh, the the black areas will look black mm -hmm. instead of shady gray. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the vampire's coffin, which is on Netflix until start of next month. Oh, okay. Uh, which is a uh, Mexican horror movie f from 58. Oh, wow. Okay. It became a, it's a sequel a few months after The Vampire, and directed by Fernando Mendez. Uh, so you, you got the uh, the vampire Count Laszlo Duval, played by Herman Robles, who is also in The Brainiac. Ah. And then um, there's a wax museum of horrors in it. And the, like the, the the vampire gets stashed in the tomb underneath the wax museum. <laughs> this is always like the, the the wax figures are is excellent. Like some of them look like they're just like um, out of a shop window, but um, they have all these like really crude masks on them, and um, there are these weird labels on them. Like there's this room of like various horrors, and it's got bizarre things in there, like Joan of Arc, and there's this. <laughs> There's one character dressed as a Chinese coolie, and he's labelled Karma Sutra. I, I just can't make a head of tails of that. <laughs> Some got lost ah. in translation there, huh? Um, and there's a, there's lots of this big Iron Maiden and a guillotine, which come into play <laughs> later on. Very nice. Um, so the, there's, the, the hero is uh, Doctor Saldivar, who's played by Abel Salazar, who's in um, who's also in the Brainiac, and he's in this. My favourite one of these. Uh, Mexican horror movies this period of um, Curse of the Crying Woman oh that's no, really good anyway um, uh, so he's he's this doctor who's having the run in with the, the vampire and um, one of my favourite scenes is when he has to go to his boss like the chief of the hospital and say like so last night 
I did something pretty bad. I stole a corpse. My <laughs> boss is like, what? This is ridiculous. You're already hitting on all the nurses and the pretty patients. Now you steal a corpse? Like, they were all saying no. And, and the- he goes, well, <laughs> boss, it gets worse. <laughs> the corpse is a vampire. Ah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and then, then, of course, you've got a later scene where um, this woman's being chased around the wax museum. She decides to hide in the very worst place you can hide. Yeah. Is that the Iron Maiden? Yeah, that's Flight Six Six coming in. No, I no, I meant. Yeah, uh, yeah, she hides in the, the Iron Maiden, and then like the the the, the henchman like uh, slams the door on her, and then this clear fluid comes out of the bomb. Uh oh. Which is a little realistic. Ew. <laughs> if you think what fluids might come out. Right. Mm. Um. Yeah, that one, it's very enjoyable. It's not, you know, it's a bit. It's kind of average for one of these, but. Um, yeah. It's yeah, just such fun. kind of fun. Oh, Brainiac. That's just so weird. It's just... It's, yeah, it's bizarre. You've just got to see that. Yeah. Have you seen Brainiac? I haven't I, yet. I oh. think it's on... Or yeah, it was yeah. on Netflix yeah, at I think one it's still point. On there. Uh, so I followed that with a, an up-to-date, or almost up-to-date, from 2014, another Mexican horror movie called uh, Mexico Barbaro. Oh, yeah, I watched that one. You saw that one? Yeah. Mm-mm. It was all the, uh, it was all the short... Um, not vignettes, but it was a um, anthology. Yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah. So it's like a little under two hours, and there's eight stories. Nice. Really gritty. Some of them get really, yeah, really harsh. And there's 15 minutes of end credits. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of people. I mean, some of them were were just full of CGI stuff. <clears throat> so there's probably a lot of credits that went to those in particular. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there were some. There were some good ones. I mean, some of the, some of the storytelling, it's like you know what's coming next, but mm-hmm. uh, they did a good job with it mm-hmm. either way. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed it overall. Um, it's really good. Like, um, uh, I especially like uh, the second one where it's the kind of Western. Yeah. And they're at the like the haunted hacienda. Yeah. And there's kind of these Sam Raimi touches. And, uh, and then I don't know if she's supposed to be the La Llorona. I'm not sure. Because she didn't do any crying. No. But uh, there's this like uh, female spirit haunting it. So yeah. like a, it's like the crying ghost legend. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but uh, at one point she has sex with one of the the guys. Yeah. Uh, he's like this bandit who's holed up there, and this this like blood starts pouring down over her head. Oh yeah. <laughs> and wasn't one of the guys shot? Yeah, yeah. So it, so it starts off with him dragging his body, and they they hole up in the hacienda, yeah. and the, the guy's been gut shot, and they've they pulled a job, and they need to hide out. Um, yeah, that one that was really good. And then the next one was <laughs> there's very little dialogue in a lot of these. Yeah. So the next one is called Drainer Drain, and uh, the only line in it is like this creature comes out of the shadows. This is. Uh, it's got several of the stories involved like cartel violence and then this one starts off with this woman finding like this corpse that's been disposed of in a pit and it's and it's you know it's it's got like a rigor mortis and mm-hmm. there's a cigarette in one of its hands okay so she takes the cigarette and she goes back to her apartment she shares with her sister and she smokes the cigarette and then this demon weird freaky thing comes out of the shadows Ooh. <laughs> and then the that's the only spoken bit of the movie where it says uh, drain the blood from your sister's vagina in 12 hours or I'll suck your soul through your anus wow 
Well, if you're going to write one line. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to, you know, check all the boxes. Make sure you cover everything in that one line. Uh, and then the, the one that follows that is where the uh, the couple go out to a cabins in the woods. Yeah, so the young the girl can lose like, her virginity. Yeah, the high school couple or <laughs> and whatever. This janitor who warns them about they they shouldn't leave anything outside the cabin. Yeah, he's like the harbinger. <laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, so this forest turns out to be haunted by these thing these like Mayan leprechauns. He calls Aluxus. Yeah, which are an actual folkloric thing. Um, but yeah, that gets. Really goopy. <laughs> Very. Yeah, I remember that. We're have all, to watch this all one. sorts of liquids. Mexico Barbaro. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, what matters is on the outside where it's just <laughs> that girl who sees the, the bum out in the plaza. Oh, yeah. Her grandmother keeps telling her to shut up about this young bum because she goes, boogie, boogie. And. Uh, and then, then her son goes out to play and is never seen again. And then you see what ha- has happened to the son. Oh, no. It's the worst you can imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that one gets very gruesome. Uh, then it's Monekis, which is the, uh, a bl- the black and white one. I don't remember that one. There's this woman who's she's she's been injured and she's she's got these wrist injuries and she's trying to get away from this land through the water. I don't remember. Uh, I saw this about a year ago. Yeah. Um, oh, and then, then uh, uh, there's there's one called Seven Times Seven, uh, where you see this like guy who's got his half his face has been horribly burned, but he picks up a corpse, and um, there's, there's been some kind of cartel hit, and he takes the corpse out into this isolated lake area. And then he performs all these rituals on it. Hmm. Do you remember that one? I don't remember that it's one. It's got some really cool images in it, like there's, there's these things done with horses, and hmm. it's, you get some really surreal, weird images. In God, that. I'm drawing a blank on that one. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should rewatch this. This is why you rewatch stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Surprise yourself. So, yeah, I did enjoy that overall. Uh, and also. Books. Uh, last thing I watched was uh, Dark Star, which is the documentary about Giger. Yeah, H.R. Giger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really thorough. Um, the dude from was a Celtic Celtic Frost. Celtic Frost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. He he's like the personal assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and he's got his own like ghost train ride set up in his backyard. <laughs> So strange, like, and he, like the place, uh, there were bathtubs full of books and artwork. Mm-hmm. Like Giger it's, it's is just an like, awesome house. Oh, yeah, all he did was make art and pile it up. Yeah, and lean it against every wall, set it on every flat surface. Um, yeah, no apology about it either. He's just like, I'm making art. <laughs> I'm making art. Yeah, oh, brainiac. I got sent. <laughs> yeah, sent um, issue thirty-two of Monster is monster followed by an exclamation mark uh i did monster the, yeah <laughs> uh, i did the um illustration for the contents page oh, nice but um it's better yeah, than so the they oh, finally got say. around to sending it it's better than the cover <laughs> no this is by a guy called alex wald so it's a uh, from the uh filipina wonder woman oh uh series nice That's one of the characters um valentina yes. i think and then the other characters from uh, Matango, and the one on the back is Brainiac. 
Nice. Yeah, you uh, just see but yeah, it's got so much good stuff, and I only got it today. Um, so Stephen Bissett writing about Bernie Wrightson, and so the article was about Dianagian and Dana, and Dana is the uh, Filipina Wonder Woman character who's been going for decades. Um, yeah, all sorts of neat stuff. Yeah. Looks like a cool book. Yeah. Like There's Brainiac. 15 bucks on Amazon. Nice. Did we cover your list? Yep. All right. Will, do you want to go next or shall I? Go ahead. All right. Um, I knew this was a thing um, that I should have remembered, but it's been a lot of years since I've seen it. Um, I remember Fangoria Magazine made a big deal about I Am Madman. There was kind of oh, this yeah. sentiment of like, move over, Freddy Krueger. Here comes this <laughs> new take oh. on the slasher. <laughs> and he's sort of inter- interdimensional between um, the world of imagination that's in books, uh, pulp novels specifically, okay. and the world we live in, mm-hmm. um, or the world they lived in in 1989. Um, do you remember Pink Floyd the Wall? Mm-hmm. You remember the groupie that blows the guy for the backstage passes? I don't remember that. Oh, well, it's her. Okay. She later goes to Pink's apartment, and then he freaks out and trashes the place, and she's running and screaming. <laughs> she's the lead in this one. Okay. <laughs> and uh, basically, there's a guy who makes his way out of these pulp novels and into the physical world, and he's basically missing half his face, and he's killing people to reconstruct his own face. That's the... That's the sort of the main thrust of the plot. That sounds and reasonable. It's a good watch, except for the fact it moves a little slow. Okay. And, uh, um, but it's shot beautifully. Everything looks great. Um, it's well acted enough. The special effects don't look bad at all. And uh, it's, it's worth a watch. It's just, the, it's a pacing thing for does it, sure. Does it pay off? Is it creepy? Well, there's kind of a big battle at the end, and then you get what these days would probably be a CG monster, but then it was like a claymation or some kind of animation, mm-hmm. but there's a, a monster that uh, uh, was a really cool creature design, but it takes you out of it how fake it looks. I mean, it's not bad fake. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Evil Dead. Oh, you make me want to watch it now. Evil Dead 2. I've got it. You can borrow it. <laughs> but uh, Evil Dead 2, sort of Army of Darkness, sort of that that kind of level of claymation animation. You know, it's like we, okay. you could tell it's not real, fun. but it's fun anyway. Yeah. So that's part of the battle royale at the end. So um, it's a it's a it's a recommend in the sense that if you want to see something you haven't seen and you've maybe heard, you know, there was a lot of hype back in the day, but you don't hear much about it now. But uh, if you're prepared for, you know, the, the pacing is a little slow in, in places. The rest of it's just a fun watch. Um, Death Spa. Never heard of it. Brian, who was on our last episode, was visiting, and he's like, hey, look at this one. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Just turns it on Amazon, and I was nodding off at that point, so we decided we we're going to watch it fully awake the next day. Okay. And it's it's a I'm Madman and Death Spa were both from 89. Um, it's it's so bad. It's like they're trying to... <laughs> it's, if you want to watch a bad movie, this is like a murder... Oh, I don't think there's anything. There is something supernatural going on, sort of. They can't make up their mind. Is it just murder or is it supernatural? And some melange of the two. And uh, they're trying to make this this uh, spa look like it's um, so futuristic. 
Did you have to use like a, a card to open a door in this one part of the spa? And it's clearly like made out of cardboard and <laughs> some kind of blinky lights. It's like Star Trek level of, of uh, and, and you know, like they've got real standard gym equipment of the late 80s, but they've got it like sticking out of a wall. So they basically cut some holes and crammed it halfway through a wall. Oh, there are lots of leggings. Uh, yeah, the whole thing Headbands. was what you'd expect. Excellent. Yeah, all kinds of bright colors and um, so bad. They had a control room where they could control everything. They're like, whoa, watch this. And this guy's using an exercise bike. That's the kind where there's like a belt that goes around the wheel to put mm-hmm. the resistance on it. And they're, you know, tapping out all of these fake computers and making it super difficult for him to pedal. It's like, so how are you controlling that from up there in your control room? And how is this worth it? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you make more money if you didn't spend any money on this crap and you just put some regular oh. stuff out there for them to exercise on? Oh, I want to watch that one too. It's so bad. It's on, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, that I, reminds me of a, there's this Scandinavian movie called Sauna, which is pretty pretty good actually. <laughs> there's like there's some kind of war going on, and and uh, this fellow's killed seventy nine people or something, and he goes to this village, and there happens to be seventy nine people there, and, mm. and there's this dark sauna out in the you know this this is old like for old, real old times yeah. There's a sound out in the forest. So you would throw hot rocks and water in mm. basically a, yeah, a thatched but that's not, building. That's worth watching. Oh wow, I would I would watch that. Okay, makes me think of um, Virgin Spring when they're when, oh yeah when they whack themselves with the birch branches. <laughs> so weird. Um, Stitches from 2012, a movie from Ireland. Is that a clown movie? The clown movie, yes, it's that one. Don't want to okay. don't want to ruin it, but it's. Uh, <laughs> It's definitely aware of what it is, so it's not trying to be, you know, Citizen Kane or anything. It's basically, it knows what it is. That's the best way I could say it. Um, Some of the special effects are really good. Some of them are really bad, and it feels like they knew it was bad and went with it. Um, The kids are horrible in the first part of it, and then when you see them grown up later, most of them are still pretty horrible people (laughs) they'll go to like a private school they're just a bunch of overprivileged kids uh and um so the bottom line there is uh you know if a clown doesn't finish his routine he's got to come back and finish it whether he's been killed or not that's the case yep that's that's clown lore for you so uh yeah that was worth a watch um (laughs) i revisited hoping it was this this documentary about alien autopsy fact or fiction the one with jonathan frakes mm-hmm. hosting it i was hoping it was the documentary about how that was faked but it was just that oh in okay. its 45 minute entirety oh. and so what i forgot about this because i rented it from the video store back in the 90s um i forgot that there were some interviews with people who were in roswell after the crash who were little kids or people whose parents were there, you know, in, in the military or what have you, and people who'd been threatened, and just talking about, like, well, if it was just a weather balloon, why were these guys so concerned about covering it up and saying we'd be killed if we talked about it? So, you know, they, they said, we saw what we saw, our parents saw what they saw. Those were the interesting parts about it. Um, it was a nice job faking an alien autopsy. I mean, I was pretty skeptical back then, but... Now, knowing that it was faked and seeing it again, it's like, it does look a little stiff. It does look like it's cast in rubber. I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't think it really fooled me at all back <laughs> then. 
I was about 99% sure it was fake when I first saw it. But there were people who were like, there's no way to fake an eye being cut open like that. <laughs> well, apparently there is, because they did. So there was and there is. Um, I watched um, Blackenstein or oh, yeah. Blackenstein, <laughs> however you want to yeah. pronounce it. 1972 black exploitation movie. Uh, I wasn't expecting a bit of um, of anti-war Vietnam stuff. This guy comes back from Vietnam missing arms and legs and his devoted fiance wants to help him uh, get help beyond what the VA can do. And she enlists the help of one of her professors from medical school. And he's on to new stuff. He's going to inject people with uh, the, he's cracked the DNA code, which they mm-hmm. hadn't back then yet, but they since have, and it doesn't grow arms and legs back or turn you into a gigantic monster. But uh, that happens. So there's a lot of subtext going on, and there's a lot to unpack if you want to get into uh, how it's crit- critical of the war and the, you know, the military machine. So is that creature fake too? That creature? <laughs> you mean at the end of the movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, it's worth a watch though, especially if you like black exploitation. But uh, yeah, you got some rampaging monster stuff. That's pretty good. Uh, Blythe Spirit, which you mm-hmm. recommended yep. from 1945. It, it kind of reminded me, well, it, it felt like the movies of the 40s, but it kind of re- made me think of it, it was sort of a precursor for stuff like Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie, mm-hmm. where there's mm-hmm. kind of the other supernatural world coming into our world and uh, and being very matter-of-fact about it. And I really did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, they were they're very nonchalant about trying to set up a an accident and kill somebody off so they're <laughs> stuck in the afterlife with them. It's got good black humor in that. Yeah, it does. Murder Party. Will, you mentioned you like this one, which yeah. did surprise me when you said that because uh, the same people who made um, Green Room, which you mm. detested. Like. <laughs> you hated that one. Yeah. Uh, and you weren't about to go watch Blue Ruin. Maybe you should give Blue Ruin a shot. Um, All right. You know, it's it's a it's a revenge movie. Um, Murder Party was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was almost expecting the guy to run through the next doorway at the final party and everyone go ah surprise! None of those people were really murdered. Yeah, it looked like they got really murdered. So I was kind of thinking that would be a terrible ending. <laughs> so spoiler on that one: it, it all the shit's real. Um, Brian was visiting. We watched a bunch of Room One Hundred Four which he mentioned was a you know, sort of like a Twilight Zone type thing or Black Mirror type thing. Watched a few of those. They were really good. I enjoyed them. Um, I kind of was in and out of Suspiria. I was doing other stuff and put it on for a background watch, and I'm going to actually sit down and devote a serious watch to it since I haven't really gone through the whole thing in a, a handful of years now. Yeah. Probably been five or more years since I sat down and really watched it. holding out for the synapse. Same, Rest- yeah. I'm for. yeah. I mean, the, the transfer they have doesn't look bad at all, but mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it like fully, like totally yeah. restored. Yeah. And of course, Game of Thrones, I'm current on that. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything could spoil it. I was kind of in the mood to they watch. the game yet? No, they're still playing it. <laughs> and we're, everyone has to wait 18 months to get the final half season or short season, whatever oh, you call sure. it. Eight episodes, whatever. Until someone leaks them. Yeah, <laughs> which did happen on that one. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that um, I wanted to watch some Alfred Hitchcock uh, classics because 
remember I was joking about the physcotic skaters, those kids that couldn't spell psychotic properly. <laughs> yeah. There was somebody on the horror amino who was like, uh, I finally watched Fizco. He actually Fizco. <laughs> he actually spelled it Fizco. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock's Fizco. <laughs> and he was just so unaware that this was an important movie that he was just like, huh, it wasn't bad. <laughs> You're a fucking moron. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. He might very well be a really nice, smart person, but uh Hey. Do your homework. Go back and watch some old movies, kid. Watch Fisco. <laughs> the, and the Brids. Yes. The, the Brids are awesome. Well, if he's reading things wrong, maybe he needs psychiatric care. <laughs> That's a yeah. possibility. All right. Well, without further ado, what did you watch? Nothing. Nothing. No. I watched uh, The Founder, which is, uh, I think, on Netflix or Hulu or one of the many services I have right. about Ray Kroc, the, quote, founder of McDonald's. Yes. Uh, starred uh, Batman, Michael Keaton. Oh, you mean Birdman? Yes. Wait, no, Beetlejuice was the guy who played him. Beetlejuice. Yes. yes. Starring Beetlejuice and a bunch of other people. It was pretty good. Um, I it, mean... It was no Fizco. It was no Fizco. Uh, and then I watched the 20th season of South Park, which started really rough, and I didn't care for it much, but ended up winning me over yet again. Yep. Um, I think only because I've watched so many of them. I think if you'd watched, if you started with that one, I don't think it would be terribly entertaining, although they had some good digs at Trump, so. <laughs> it's always worth it. And then I watched Starman, or... Invasion from the Stars is what it was called. So not the Jeff Bridges one. No, although I've seen that one. This was a Japanese movie from the 50s? Yeah, yeah, late yeah. 50s. Yeah. I might know this one. About a superhero who comes to uh, save Earth. He has a magic watch. can oh. do three things. Fly through space, detect radiation, and interpret languages. He flies through space, but he doesn't use it for the other two. And then it seems to have about five other qualities that... Does it attract women? Uh, no, the bulge in his pants attracts mm -hmm. the women. <laughs> He's very bulgy in scenes. Mm -hmm. But he spends approximately, I don't know, 45 minutes of the movie just kicking ass. Yeah, that's good. Fighting space Nazis. And, you know, although the space Nazis were pretty progressive and they had women in the same ranks as men. So, oh, yeah. well. There were, there, were, there were fine people on both sides of that. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed kind of kooky. Yeah. Yep. Talking about the, the bulge from space. Yeah, the bulge from space. Battle of the bulge <laughs> from space. Punching Nazis. Punching Nazis. This was the first um, Japanese theatrical superhero live action. Was it? Thing. Yeah. He's got a thing on his head like an anglerfish. <laughs> and I love the bits of the Space Council. These oh, the Space Council is fantastic costumes. at the beginning. I was hoping they would go back to the Space Council. <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't. But they're in every, you know. Like episode, every story. I think they were like three stories, and they edited. They like put out in as shorts. Oh, okay. Theatrically, and then they were edited together into movies. That makes sense. It had that kind of feel that it was a little choppy that way. Mm -hmm. 
But it was it was entertaining for oh, yeah. a 1950s, <laughs> you know, Japanese oh, superhero movie. Yeah. But more of the council. And that's, I think, it. I know I watched something else, but I can't remember it for the life of me. So, how's your near beer? It's weird. Yeah, that was the very last thing left over from a earlier summer party. So, hopefully there's enough water for hydration in that thing. Well, Otherwise, if it was a regular Coors, it would be. It's just strange. So, I imagine a non-alcoholic Coors must be all water. yeah yeah it's like oh this is really watery so it's no different yeah exactly (laughs) no when i when i drink beer i like to drink real beer because i like to taste it so we're not going to do commercials for other beers though of course fat tire from new belgium brewery that's what i drink typically all right so welcome listeners from brazil because we already have some Mm. anyway maybe we'll attract a few more talking about coffin joe (laughs) Um, we'll drive them away with our pronunciation. Yeah, well, you know, um, if they will forgive us. I don't us, speak no Portuguese. Me neither. Um, in, uh, well, you, po- know, you know what Portuguese for coffin is? No. Cachau. Cachau. I didn't know name. how to pronounce it. Yeah, Jeito Cachau. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't look at that and really know that. So that will come in handy next time you're in. Sao Paulo. Yeah, okay. Can my, you show me to the coffin? My friend Paul was actually there recently. And um, he was uh, he was actually in one of the uh, favela, the is Bella, it? Yeah. yeah, that's their word for their ghettos. Yeah, he actually went, because he's an urban sketcher. So if you look up Paul Heaston, H-E-A-S-T-O-N, uh, Paul Heaston Art, um on Instagram, you'll see a bunch of his drawings. He loves drawing uh, what what you call urban sketching, and uh, people were like, "You went into a favela and you lived," <laughs> but apparently, there's just every amount of corruption you can imagine with the police and and the criminals, and in some ways, there's no difference between the two. <laughs> um, unlike here, uh, but he said that it was uh, it was really cool, and most of the people he saw were really friendly and very curious, like why the hell he was there. Mm. It was just this white guy with a red beard drawing stuff uh, with a little sketchbook. And his drawings are amazing. So, I, you know, I encourage people to check out his Instagram. And I think he's got some of the Brazil ones up there. Anyway, Embodiment of Evil. Now, my history with Coffin Joe basically was I started working at the art supply store with the two of you. And Jolien one day was talking to me about horror movies. And I don't know how it came up or if it came up, but... I was over at your house, which was only blocks from the store, and uh, it must have been around Halloween time or some excuse to have a couple drinks and watch some horror movies, and you put in some Coffin Joe, Mm. and I feel like I'd heard of this or had seen some still photos of this, but I never really set eyes on it, and certainly only would have known one person during college um, who was the same one who introduced me to Dario Argento's movies who would probably know this stuff or own this stuff. And that would be Paul Larson, different Paul. So you had a whole mess of coffin Joe stuff ready to roll. Mm. And, uh, I was impressed. I won't say I was shocked. I'm not easily shocked, but I was impressed that somebody would go this far (laughs) off the deep end and it was nonstop. 
Like mm-hmm. once he starts his coffin Joe shit, he doesn't slow down. Yep. He's like, oh, really? You think me slicing you open with this little sword or something? Wait till I dump a big bucket of tarantulas on you. Yeah. And here's some grave dirt and this some is, snakes. This is back in 1963. Right. So was that released in 63 or 64? Well, uh, I think I read had 64. But yeah. yeah. That's what you, you tend to see is like the first one's 64 and then the second one's 68. Mm-hmm. But uh, I go off this, like, remember we were talking about Monster earlier? Monster. Uh, there's this uh, like sister magazine called Monster International, which only got to four issues so far. There's going to be another one because I've done an article for it. Like, oh, cool. Well, I wrote it two years ago. Um, but anyway, it's, Mon- in, it's Mon- in post. Monster International issue three has a it's like a red die cut cover, and it's a special issue about um, you know the movies of um, what's his name Jose Mojica Marines, who the creator of Jado uh, Cachao. Um, so he goes into all his shorts, TV, stage. Even did like uh, Coffin Joe dramas over the phone. Uh, children's shows. Do you get the impression that he's in character way more than he's not in character in no, his life? No, he's, he's like really different to that, to that guy when he's not playing. He's got short apparently, and doesn't wear a top hat. <laughs> But anyway, the, the bulk of this uh, is issue is this, this Brazilian writer named Teresio Higuchi who interviewed him in 73 and 93. Okay. And uh, so he knows his stuff. So I, I go from him and uh, he, he has like this chronology of you know everything he's done. And, uh, and that dates the first movie as 63. Okay. But the, these like had really scrappy release yeah. things because you, you can imagine... These are like anti-clerical mm-hmm. and wildly violent mm-hmm. in 1963. In a very Catholic country. Yeah. So he's up against it. And then there's a military coup in 64. Yeah. So like you can imagine the trouble getting it released. So it, it was a while before it actually got out. Um, like apparently with the first movie because no one wanted to handle it. Um, he, he like basically got this uh, distributor and got him into a room and like watch this and uh, or I uh, will dump spiders on you yeah <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the guy said all right we'll release it and then it made a lot of money I mean relatively in in Brazil yeah it it, uh, it wasn't like anything else anybody else was doing mm-hmm. no and I don't know that anyone's really done much like it since yeah and they Brazil hadn't had Herschel Gordon Lewis, right. which is the newest I can think of, but it, yeah. just on a different level of wildness. So uh, yeah, they definitely hadn't seen like hardcore, gory stuff like this. And it wasn't really jokey either. I mm. mean, it, there's a. It's not trying to pass itself off as being real necessarily like oh we're you know because some movies it feels like i'm watching something i shouldn't be watching this is something that you know feels like a snuff film or whatever his you can tell it's an environment that was created but it doesn't feel like it's trying to be fantasy it feels like it's trying to be as real as it can be if that makes sense i don't know if that's a good way to describe it but uh 
It's not tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah that's probably yeah. the best way to say it. Yeah, and uh, he's serious about his <laughs> craziness. <laughs> he is. Yeah, and, and his quest. Yeah, and when he's like uh, pointing and 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 gesturing and yelling mm-hmm. his his platitudes of stuff that's what he's trying to accomplish. It sure seems like he means it. Well, uh, yeah, apparently that is similar to how Marines is in in real life. He, he like, spout these things, and they don't make much sense even to, like, other other Brazilians. You know, what are you saying? (laughs) But they're incredibly profound from his point of view. He's pretty out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of like, I don't think I saw any interviews with him. You could see some behind the scenes stuff, the um, DVD extras on, uh, well, your Blu-ray extras, I should mm-hmm. say. The behind the scenes stuff, you could see him, you know, talking about like what we're going to do in the next scene. And they're setting some things up and, you know, he's not wearing a top hat and gesturing <laughs> and yelling or anything. But uh, it sure seems like he did a lot of interviews and appearances where he was just in character. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he was so comfortable in character that maybe that's, you know, 10 out of his 14 waking hours in a day. I see how he became like, you know, he's such a star. You know, his character is part of the mythology. And yeah, it's it's a it's a very well-crafted persona, yeah. I guess is yeah. a, nice, uh, a nice way to look at it. But yeah, there's nothing else like him. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So uh, between the first two movies and then when we finally get one, um, what, 40 years later? Mm-hmm. He had done other Coffin Joe stuff in between. Yeah. They just weren't the the quest of this character to get his uh, evil offspring, his bloodline continued. Which I don't know why that was so hard for him to do. <laughs> He had plenty of willing participants. Uh, so how much? Is, perfect. <laughs> I guess he's a perfectionist. How much stuff was there really in between in those forty years that you're familiar with? Uh, well, he he didn't do. Uh, he was going to do a third movie straight after the the second one, um, and it was going to be called Encarnacao uh, do Demonio, and it was going to. He was aiming to bring it out in '65. But um, didn't have the money for it at the time because of the distribution of the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he hadn't yet got the, enough money from those. Um, so in, in, instead of going straight into the third one, he started doing other things like uh, anthology movies and appearances on TV and stage and you know all the various iterations. And then, um, but he, he never got the money together to do this third movie until the 2000s and it's kind of probably a good thing that it took this long because it looks great you know the early stuff um they absolutely did the best they could do with what they had to work with but it didn't look like they had a lot of money or the best equipment but it still looks great yeah and it's in black and white but embodiment of evil from 2008 is in color and it's shot well. Clearly, people were working on it who knew what they were doing. And the story is what you want, what you expect mm-hmm. from Coffin Joe. So I, w- I was kind of thinking, well, you know, it's good that it took that long. And now it's going to have its life 
But you, you've seen the first two, don't yes, you? Yes. Don't you um, really like, like kind of the punk, how punk rock they are? I love that about it. Yeah, uh, yeah I got those from you, actually. You had some videotapes mm-hmm. you gave out for Halloween one year, and I grabbed Coffin Joe, and I don't remember if I'd ever heard of Coffin Joe. I want to say that I had, but it was pretty vague. I, and, yeah, they are totally just we're just making a movie (laughs) we got a camera and we got a dude we're making a movie and they're surreal and just weird and yeah very punk rock very diy just the sound of them and Mm -hmm. it's just so in your face yeah and everybody acting in these things seems to you know be ready to give everything up you know oh yeah he demanded it yeah yeah yeah, uh, uh, his first auditions with the women, because the the setup of these movies is you've got this undertaker, who's this egomaniac, who wants to continue his superior bloodline. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but the in order to uh, be the right kind of woman, they have to pass his test. Yeah. Uh, so he does various horrible things and and um, kills off a bunch of guys as well, getting his way. But uh, he, he like cover people with spiders and yeah, uh, there's, there's all sorts of uh, crazy stuff. But um, yeah, uh, so they had had the first auditions and like uh, you know, it wasn't there wasn't any such thing as a horror movie in Brazil at the time. Yeah. And uh, so his women turned up and they said, oh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll be covered with spiders or whatever, you know, do what you like. And uh, but then they refused to do it when it came time. Ah. So from, from <clears throat> for the rest of his horror movies, he part of the audition would be being covered in spiders, <laughs> like put tarantulas on them. And yeah. I wonder if he eased him it. into it, like chuck the grave dirt <laughs> on him first and then maybe some worms. Yeah. And then it's like, OK. You got this far. Here come the spiders. In this new one, you know, there's that poor woman who gets a face full of cockroaches. And yeah. Oh. And the woman with the buttock, the fillet of butt. <laughs> Man. He cuts off her buttock and presents it to her, and she eats it. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I wonder how about if he. The, how about the scene with the cheese? Oh god, what was that one? No, it's been he, a couple he weeks pours, since. Like molten cheese over it. Oh yeah. And then, and then, then, then another woman has got a pet rat. Yes, that's right. And it goes where you might expect it to go. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, yeah, it's been a couple, uh, probably three weeks since I watched it, but uh, yeah, it's it's still sitting with me pretty well. I, I, I want to say it's kind of like your uh, your. Um, Entrails of a Beautiful Entrails Woman. Entrails of a Beautiful Woman. How do I forget that title? Jeez. Uh, we'll try to my forget top it. ten list now. It's <laughs> steadily sure? moving up. <clears throat> and if, I'm disgusted with it. If you were to be stuck on a desert island with only five movies. <laughs> Four copies of Entrails of a Beautiful Woman. And Fizco. <laughs> no, Trial of an Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this movie, uh, just to kind of give the breakdown real quick, is is uh, Coffin Joe apparently escaped into a swamp in the second movie. Yeah, you see him go on, going under. Yeah, like, yeah. Under the second one. Yeah, and uh, they reenact that stuff with this guy who is actually not Brazilian at all. Um, 
there's a guy from St. Louis. Let's see. Um, Raymond Castile plays young Coffin Joe. And uh, he was a monster movie freak. And he just happened to really resemble young Coffin Joe. So he got cast because I think he had something up on a website. And they'd been looking for a lookalike to play the young, uh, the young version of him in the flashback scenes. And there was just nobody better than this guy. And so they got a hold of him and asked him if he would come to Brazil and be in the movie. And he was like, are you kidding? I'd love to. <laughs> so <clears throat> they've got him. Uh, and I've got some information on him here we'll talk about in a bit. But Raymond Castile, good job. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, it's got to be one of his sons that looks just like him or something. Yeah. Some relative, because he looks so much like him. And he's, and he's got all the mannerisms down. But they reenacted it really well. Uh but what happens is uh, you see Coffin Joe being released from uh, prison. He's been in the mental ward for these 40 years. And he's got his top hat and his outfit, and he's just walking down the street. <laughs> the only thing missing was the Saturday Night Fever theme, you know, the Bee Gees tune. Yeah, he's, he's with Bruno, the hunchback. Yeah. <laughs> who's played by the same guy who played him in the second movie. Now, didn't was it him or the cop that died during filming? I want to say one of them died. I don't know, but he, he's got a history of like people dying during the filming of his, hmm. going back to his very first movies. Coincidence? Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Maybe, people Maybe he's not out of character ever. <laughs> <laughs> Did they die from a stabbing full of spiders? <laughs> that would draw suspicion, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I can see there's some sort of a knife wound, but it's packed full of tarantulas. Do you think that's the cause of death? I don't know. Um, so he's so he's immediately uh, off to uh, meet up with a bunch of the faithful followers mm-hmm. who are just ready to serve. <laughs> They're all gathered. <laughs> and, yeah. So he's going to do some auditioning. And it's funny, like that's part of his process to get the, you know, to get the movie going is to audition everybody. But then in the movie... You know, it's so mm-hmm. meta that in the movie he's auditioning people yep. to see if they're worthy to serve him. <clears throat> and naturally he does things involving, you know, all the aforementioned awfulness. But then he gets into filet of butt. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. Well, there's that woman who's fascinated by him. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's her name? Dr. Hilda. Uh-huh. She's researching eternal life and she has his, she shares his vision of a superior bloodline. She's a eugenicist. Yeah, Anne Randian. But um, yeah, so she she's she's really into it, and she and then she has this uh, like dream or vision after he's picked her up, and yeah. like, he drugs it, doesn't he? He sends Bruno to kidnap her. Yeah, and then she has yeah. a she has a vision of him slicing off a buttock, and then she eats it. Oh, that was her vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought he really did it. No, no, no. Because then she afterwards he she sits up and. Make out, of course they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I gotta wonder, is he just is he just wanting one last hurrah? He's old. He's like, you know, I don't got a lot of time left. How am I gonna get some young women to, uh, you know, get physically interested in me? Make a uh, movie. Make a movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So. On his first night out in the world from having been in prison, he has all these ghostly visions of the victims from the first two movies. Yeah. Now, was that was that uh, archival footage or was that reenacted? 
Uh, I think it's really enacted where they have like the so it's a color movie, but they have like these black and white yeah. ghost visions turn up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the first one's Teresina, who like she she appears to him hanging from a tree. Right. Um, she she's his bride from the first movie. Yeah, we had Ter- Teresina and Lanita, and then from the movie. Um... Yeah, Lanita's is. Uh, yeah, from the first movie. Yeah, at midnight I'll take your soul, and then Laura from this night I'll possess your corpse also appears mm-hmm. to him. Yeah, I think Anita is actually his wife in the first one. Okay, who he kills with <clears throat> spiders. Yes, and then uh, and then he picks up Teresina, and in the second movie uh, Laura is another one of his brides, and then you also see his vision of this demon who comes out of his coffin with a with his shiv through his head. Yeah. And uh, and he's the I think he's the demon who drags him into hell in the second movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little callback. Yeah. yeah. It, like <laughs> in the second movie it's a lot of black and white and then the demon like pulls him head first into the grave. Yeah. And uh and then it goes to colour for the hell sequence. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so there's uh um, was in colour. Yeah, so there's the young beautiful witch, and then the two aunties <coughs> who are uh, who are going to put a curse on him. I think. Right, there's some kind of macumba. Yeah. Witches. Yeah, they, the the one is like was she completely blind or had a bad eye or something? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you think, oh, this might this might be where uh, where the young lady gets rescued, and uh, no, he just kills both of those women. <laughs> yeah, he's. Doesn't he hang him from the ceiling or some shit? Yeah, he's got them hanging from the ceiling, and then he, uh, and then you got Helena as the young one. Yeah, and they start having sex in in the middle of this like, uh, some kind of sorcerer's circle on the mm-hmm. floor, and uh, 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 and he informs her that he's killed her aunts, and they because she, she like blood starts dripping onto her head as she's laying there. Oh, okay. She looks up and there's the aunts. Yeah. And then it just rains blood. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, as they're having sex, and then and it and then it just the room fills with blood, and then he he turns up in the, in the inferno, and he's being guided around by this angel, <laughs> <laughs> and his his suit is all turned white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me get this straight. There's an egomaniacal guy in his seventies who thinks it's okay for him to have sex with young beautiful women. And he's in charge of everything. That, that shit doesn't work. No. Not in real life, anyway. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he goes through a surreal purgatory kind of world, and um, and he meets the mystifier, um, showing him all the depravity and suffering of the world, or the afterworld. And, um, and so Joe, uh, after this whole thing happens sends his followers to kidnap more women because he's not kidnapped enough women yet and he tortures them and puts them through all kinds of like any collector (laughs) right yes you start with the one and then you know more you know it yeah kidnapping bunches your basement's full yeah you're trying to figure out well it's like a cat hoarder yeah pretty much uh, so yeah, he's, um, 
so he he's he's disappeared by the time the cops finally catch up with him because yeah. they're they're kind of on the case the whole time and they're they're having no luck at all they're just occasionally finding a dead body or whatever but uh um yeah he's he's disappeared and they find just the remains of his victims and uh, he escapes through the woods with uh with the guys after him and he ends up what at an amusement park mm-hmm. like an a carnival or something yeah yeah so uh this is where you think, okay, they got him. They, they, they impale him with a crucifix. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's this uh, monk who's the son of one of his early victims. Oh, that's right. And, uh, yeah, and he's got this like big cross staff with a blade on the end of it. Yeah. And they have this duel at the end, and he says it's the, uh, it's the, um, the Trinity versus the Trident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So he stabs him. Yeah. And so uh, you'd, you'd think it's over. He's dead. <laughs> Until a young, beautiful woman comes and pulls the crucifix out of his out of his chest. And... Yeah, that's Myra, the rat woman. Oh, yeah, the rat woman. And uh, so she straddles him and has sex with him. Mm-hmm. So is he not actually dead or is he... Well, he kind of revised, doesn't he? Yeah, so is it's he undead? Kind of like a Macumba version of... Electroshock. Yeah. CPR. I guess so. So I guess he's undead or he's alive. I, I'm not sure which. So she has sex with him. Yeah. And you think, okay, well, <laughs> that's it. But <laughs> it turns out that at his funeral, we find out that all the women that he got with are pregnant. So maybe one of them will have like the, the proper coffin Joe progeny and, uh, you know, maybe one's better than the other two or three or however many there were. But, Casket uh, Dave. <laughs> Casket Dave. <laughs> we should just do My our own. My son, Casket Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, a coffin Kyle turned out to be kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck. Fucking millennials, man. <laughs> coffin Kyle, always on his phone. Coffin no Kyle. interest in tarantulas or grave dirt whatsoever. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Yeah. Well, he's not as bad as Kyle Hitler. Kyle Hitler. That that kid. A terrible name. <laughs> so a little bit about Raymond Castile, who played young uh, Coffin Joe. And this is from a bio that he himself wrote for IMDb. He grew up in the St. Louis area watching monster movies on late night television and reading magazines like um, Famous Monsters of Filmland. Monster. 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 Um, and he, uh, of course, he liked action figures and building Aurora model kits and things like that. Like um, Broadway's Dracula? Broadway's Dracula. Da, 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 da. I'll have to post some progress photos. <laughs> I've got some layers of paint on my Broadway Dracula. Um, not Universal Studios movie Dracula, but Broadway's Dracula. So take that, Universal. <laughs> Bela Lugosi Jr. is a lawyer. Recognize. So that's what happened. Uh, that's the workaround. That's the workaround. The costume was almost identical, but not quite. Yeah. And uh, the likeness, well, you know, he's Bela. Almost identical, but, but not, not quite. quite. Just a little younger. He was a little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Raymond Castile um, first made his name in the horror community as a noted collector of monster toys, masks, movie posters, and horror memorabilia. So he contributed to a lot of books on the subject. 
Um, his website, the Gallery of Monster Toys, has attracted hundreds of thousands of visitors since it debuted in 96. Um, so he's, uh, he's somebody who, once he did some cosplay as Coffin Joe for, I don't know when he first did it, um, but he was a newspaper. Easter 1992. <laughs> you know, the family <laughs> didn't really know worst, what he was up to. The worst kids party ever. Oh man. <clears throat> Throwing tarantulas at kids who just wanted <laughs> eggs. <laughs> How about tarantula eggs? Um, in 98, uh, Castile changed careers and became a newspaper reporter, um, covering a lot of social justice Perfect issues. Perfect timing on that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what am I going to become now? Uh, newspapers look like they're taking off. There's a real future there. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's, uh, he's won a lot of awards for his writing. And, uh, in 2006, um, uh, Coffin Joe himself cast Castile to play the young version of himself. And uh, the experience inspired Castile to go back into filmmaking, which was an earlier interest of his. And uh, in 2008, uh, Castile directed and starred in the short film The Blind Date of Coffin Joe, which is a satire, but a pays tribute to uh, Coffin Joe and his movies. So that's something I'm sure you can find. Um, it received a Rondo Award. Uh, nomination for Best Independent Production, and it won the 2009 Tabloid Witch Award for Best Comedic Horror Short and Best Actor. It should seriously be Casket Ray. <laughs> <clears throat> Coffin Kyle. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't even, uh, could they sue him? No, I'm a different character. I'm Casket Ray. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Coffin Joe comes to me at night, speaks to me. <laughs> Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe. Broadway Coffin Joe. <laughs> Wait, I think Joe Montana might be able to sue for that one. Maybe. So, um... Has anyone even seen Joe Montana in years? No. No. I wonder how he's doing. Um, so there's there's more about uh, Raymond Castile. That you can find this on imdb.com if you're interested to read the whole mini bio. But it's really interesting, and uh, I'm glad he got to meet one of his idols and yeah. actually be in the movie and do it so well that it had a mm-hmm. lot of people wondering, is this restored footage? Yeah. Is it, is it uh, his own son? Is it another relative? So I was, mm-hmm. I was unfortunately they, they can't restore it that well. <laughs> no. Cause the original uh, negatives just crumble. And yeah. It has the scanning them apparently. Yeah. Like there's some movies that they, it's not safe to do a restoration. Maybe they'll come up with some new technology, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very. Well, they have a technology now that can read scrolls still that are still rolled up, still rolled up that oh, can't that's... be unrolled. Mm-hmm. So perhaps they could do the same thing with a movie. That would be just great. Just scan the whole thing and then hmm. take it apart. Yeah, maybe the scanner moves around it. What computers do? <laughs> Love us back. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, um, Jolien, do you uh, do you have a uh, like a, a descending order of, of which of these you like best or that you recommend most? Do you, I mean, do you encourage people to see them in in order, or do you think it matters? Yeah, see them in yeah, order. It won't make sense otherwise. <laughs> totally lost. I, I definitely prefer the first two. Yeah. Yeah, they're just so crazy, wild, inventive, and they're actually yeah. well shot. Um, 
they're not for no money. On it, mm-hmm. and they're mostly filmed inside a, an old synagogue in Sao Paulo. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking it was like an office sets. building or something. Yeah. And... Yeah. Oh, wow. Just to add to his blasphemy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love him. Yeah. Uh, I I don't really recommend the in between movies. They're not they're not in the same league. They're kind of conventional. Yeah. Yeah. So. Does he play more of a host in those movies? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes yeah. he's he's just a host. Okay. Or he's a, he, like uh, sometimes um, he went on actual TV, mm-hmm. and they had this like TV show where where people would be brought on, and then you'd have a panel of people passing judgment on them and just roasting them. Oh, okay. And uh, so he, he he did one movie where he does this kind of parody of them and kills them off, take, <laughs> takes revenge. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was doing like uh, their, their children's shows and there was like this, uh, <laughs> there was this uh, uh, animated movie. I don't know what it was, but they, they got him to introduce it. Okay. For, for, because by the, by the 80s, he was just so, so much a part of, culture that yeah you know, he, he was like a, a bogeyman for kids and the kids, so the kids are like mom introduce this cartoon this guy nice. with the hat was yelling at me <laughs> oh that's it great didn't make any sense it was about bloodlines but uh yeah definitely uh check out the first two and yeah uh, I, I do like <clears throat> the third one it does it does you know end it on it's not a definite ending but it's uh it's a good cap to the trilogy well, it, one way to look at it would be, you know, he's an older man now, and if he, if he were to die before he made another thing, this would at least be, mm-hmm. arguably, you know, a place to end the story. Yeah, but I, I do like how uh, in the movie he he's like he is an old man. Yeah, and the, the characters point that out, and when he's like coming out of jail, he looks pathetic. He's laughable. Yeah, he's like this old gothic character who's been away for, you know. 40 years decades and he's with this like ancient hunchback and they're going down the streets you can see people in the background just looking at them yeah he looks pathetic and it's like but as he goes through the movie you know because of his sheer force of will he's you know he's not a superman or monster or anything sheer force of will and people are drawn to him and he does all these horrible things yeah and he he does them with the same enthusiasm he did 40 years earlier. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what I love about this guy. You being the resident expert on Coffin Joe. Uh, what? No, I'm, I'm just uh, getting everything off Horatio of Gucci. Well, certainly, I know. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But uh, having read Monster International. Oh, yes. Uh, what was his inspiration? What was Coffin Joe's inspiration? Uh, well, he'd, he'd had some uh, weird things happen when he was a kid. And he had this vision, he had a dream, basically, of this this character in black dragging him off a cliff, and then he realized that it was himself. Wow. And uh, he was supposed to be doing another movie, but he said, no, I've got this idea, we're going to do this one instead. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, because he's out there. I mean, right. And, you, and not having any horror movies in Brazil, you wonder... Mm-hmm. Other than Catholic so, imagery, yeah. So he'd and, seen the, the the old Draculas and things like that. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. wonder, you know, any of that stuff that toured, you know, to foreign countries, he, he would have seen. But mm-hmm. outside of that, that was probably pretty limited. Like uh, he was, he went to a funeral with a couple of his friends, and uh, the um, 
um, they when they got to the grave, uh, the fella sat up. Oh. And uh, everyone ran away. His family, the priests. Yeah. Ran away in terror, but he stayed behind with his friends, and they just talked to this guy, and he he just been in a catatonic. Wow. State. And then uh, afterwards, the um, the wife didn't want to talk to him. Uh, he lost his job because people didn't want to deal with him. Wow. And uh, yeah, people were treating him like dirt, and you know, he had a really sad life after that. Because uh, we're an unlife. Yeah. Being unhead and all. <laughs> so he, yeah, so that was one of the one of the events that he remembered. Wow. And then the second one was when he was he'd go out to see his girlfriend and and he passed by one of the big uh, cemeteries mm-hmm. in Sao Paulo and and uh, he saw uh, spirits come out of their graves and walk towards him and it, he didn't know until quite a while later that this was Will of the Wisps. It was just like gas, like been hit oh, by light. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he just thought it was spirits coming out of the graves. Wow. Terrified. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a um, Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast episode about the Will of the Wisp. And there were a lot of uh, theories and explanations that they could give about, well, what could this be? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people have experienced this weird uh, mist or light or what have you that moves toward you in a way mm-hmm. or that you see it and it vanishes. So it makes sense. You know, that he would see something that looked like something it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so very interesting um, uh, formative years for the guy. And uh, he gets to a point where he comes up with this persona and makes these crazy movies. <laughs> and I'm glad it all happened. Yeah. It's like the yeah. perfect storm of weird shit to make this guy who who mm-hmm. gave us all this just strange, wonderful stuff. And I highly recommend these movies. And of course... I would say if you're the kind of person who can't handle the, you know, the the rough look of the early ones and you want something toughen out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the you should. You should tough it out, but uh if you can't handle that stuff and you won't, you refuse, then sure, watch the new one. It's it's a lot glossier and nicer, but <clears throat> man, those early ones are great. I think you should just watch all 3 in order. I did. I watched two of them like what six months ago, and then this one a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And man, it's good. Yeah, I like it a lot. So, well. that being said, I think we covered it pretty well. Thanks again for any listeners from Brazil who are putting up with uh, trying to translate what we're saying. <laughs> Sorry, I know yeah. it's not easy. Um, but we'll be back next week for episode ninety-eight. I think. I think this is ninety-seven. We're recording now, so. We'll have uh, we'll have something great planned for episode 100. Possibly. Possibly. Maybe not. <laughs> Might just be three guys rambling. Mm-hmm. About the last 100 episodes. Yeah. Hey, remember that time? Remember that time. All right. Well, should we call it a show? I think okay. so. All right. So go watch them Coffin Joe movies, and thank you for listening, and stay off the moors.